This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be joined by Terry Duncan. Terry Duncan is a serial entrepreneur and mass tort business practitioner. He got a CPA license and law degree. And today is a managing partner at Duncan Law Firm. In 2019, he launched the Mass Tort Institute, which helps lawyers more effectively evaluate and litigate legal claims. He is also the author of Mass Tort Secrets, the playbook for growing your mass tort business, which is an international bestseller. Terry, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me, Seth. Excited to be here. Our pleasure. Well, let's go back in time a little bit because you have an interesting background story. You did not start out as a lawyer or as an accountant or as a master practitioner. I, I believe you had a video game distributorship. I did. Tell us a little bit about that. Just give us some background. Try to make a long story very short. Um, I got out of college in the uh, mid-70s and went to work in the uh, valve business and uh, was in the sales and marketing uh, arena, did really well as a salesperson. Uh, back in those days, uh, technology was starting to come along. The microchip had been discovered and a lot of things were happening. And I had always wanted to be an entrepreneur. And I realized that the Japanese uh, were met, were creating a lot of the most popular video games at the time, other than Atari and Nolan Bushnell. And so I realized that the Japanese uh, manufacturing companies were probably going to start bringing their games to the U.S. Rather, at the time, 
like Pac-Man was being manufactured by Midway, but it was designed by a company by the name of Namco. So in any event, I went to a trade show and met some people, tried to get a distributorship for some of the large Japanese companies at the time. I was declined, but I met two gentlemen who had the U.S. distributorship uh, for a company nobody had ever heard of, and that company was Nintendo. And so I got the franchise distribution rights for Texas uh, two months before Donkey Kong came out. <laughs> so in 1982, we sold $9.8 million worth of video games and um, made $2 million pre-tax. Uncle Sam took half, half of it, but officially was a millionaire at the age of 31 years old. So um, that's, that's how I got started. <laughs> that is absolutely incredible and not the normal path to become a mass tort practitioner or litigator. No, it's not. So how did that transition into you becoming a CPA and an attorney? So when I, when I had my own business, uh, the first thing that I realized was I started the business with $100,000 capital, which was a pretty good amount of business in, in the early 80s, and then ultimately got a $500,000 line of credit at the bank. But in order to go, but Nintendo didn't give us any uh, credit terms. You had to pay cash, and then they would ship the games out. So fortunately, I'm, I'm really good with numbers, and I, it was more important to be a great CFO than it was even to be a CEO at that time, because it was all about cash flow and getting games in and getting them out. So I realized that, you know, there's so many different facets to running a business, and, and obviously numbers are at the heart of it. Uh, obviously, you have to have a great team and execute. But so I realized I'd always loved numbers and I just decided I wanted to go ahead and, and um, you know, finish my, I had, I had, I think at the time, 18 hours of accounting. And in order to be a CPA at that time, I think you had to have 24 hours of accounting. So I had to six more hours and sat for the CPA exam and finished that up. And concurrent with that, I had realized that the law is so pervasive in everything in the world uh, now there's so much information available to you on the internet and other sources, but back then it was really hard to go just on the fly, get some information that you could use to your advantage. So I realized that although I didn't think I ever wanted to practice as an attorney, I wanted to go get the legal uh, knowledge and background. So that's how I ended up starting out to get into the world I'm in today. That makes a lot of fascinating sense. So then how did that go from, how did you get into the mass tort business? So I actually, so this is actually a third career for me. Uh, the intermediate step for about 20, 25 years is I used my, my law and, and CPA and tax background. And I did family and business succession planning for many of the wealthiest families in the country. So I actually would come in and work with their advisors and we would do uh, a lot of the advanced estate planning and, and tax techniques that people utilize. So, you know, it was a great career and I love doing it. Um, the cool thing is I got to see a lot of balance sheets and income statements of some of the healthiest, best run companies on the planet, which was exciting uh, and fun to do. And then, you know, Frank at the time got somewhat tired of the travel. Uh, this, you know, as, after TSA started coming in, it was hard to just walk up and jump on a plane and go where you want to go. And so, decided to slow down a little bit and then uh, started uh, actually investing some money in, in litigation finance about a little over 10 years ago. And that's what led me to actually putting my shingle out and being a, a mass tort attorney. 
Okay. So how did you, because most attorneys, this is an area of law they don't practice. It's Correct. a significant area of specialization that requires some unique, not only skill sets, but mindsets. So how does, how did you even get the idea to invest in litigation financing? And what is that for our listeners and viewers who don't know? Well, the first thing is, so litigation finance uh, in, in the Wall Street world is basically an alternative investment. And one of the things that's attractive to investors in this arena is investing in lawsuits uh, really, frankly, has, is, has no correlation to the stock markets, bond markets, or the general economy. And so investors like it because it's an alternative investment where you can get some diversification relative to, you know, the general marketplace. So that's the first component. And then the second component is obviously, you know, being a, being a lawyer and, and, and understanding uh, what it would take to assess whether or not cases are valid and are ultimately going to monetize, you know, it, it helps to have the law background so you can uh, do that assessment process. So that's why the litigation finance part was attractive back when I first um, got, got into this industry. Absolutely. So what is, so to a consumer or another attorney, you mentioned it's an alternative investment. Can anyone just write a check and be a part of litigation finance? Where would you find this? And then what exactly does that mean? What am I invested? What were you investing in? So it's a great question. I mean, there actually has been, um, the, the, the fundamental answer is no, but <laughs> so, uh, and the no, but is frankly, a lot of hedge funds uh, do invest in this industry. And there's, uh, I mean, it's a large industry, but relative to the, to the investment world, it's somewhat, a, a, you know, a specialty arena. But, uh, you know, if you've got minimum 250, 500K you want to invest, you could actually go invest with a hedge fund that, that invests into this marketplace. The, um, there are some smaller shops that, um, that do take in um, some investment pools and, and place it out. So some of those are just one-off knowing the right people who are doing it. Um, but then the third alternative is we're actually getting ready to launch a uh, mass toward investment fund. Um, and so we um, think there will be something available to the general public sometime within the next year. Uh, in the short run, we're used doing it with institutional capital, but we think that ultimately will open up to, to the general public. I think to your question about how do you know if it's a good case or not, quite candidly, it's pretty hard to as a layperson. Uh, that's why you really would want to be involved with experts who know how to assess these cases, these inventories. That makes a lot of sense. So for, again, our folks who don't know, what is a mass tort? What is mass tort law? Yeah, it's a great question. It's, there's real confusion. The first of all, this will this will get a, a a grimace from everybody uh, listening in. But you know, all those commercials you see on TV or whatever, if you've been injured by whatever, yep. that's a mass tort. <laughs> so, down. yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, to your core question, basically, the distinction between a mass tort and a general lawsuit. Or, or say it differently, as opposed to a class action, a class action occurs when you've got a situation where usually a, a, a defendant uh, has done something that the, the, the world would think has injured a lot of people. 
but everybody's being injured the same way. So for instance, if they, if they overcharge on a telephone bill or if something uh, occurred in a, in a local area to everybody, then that's handled under a class action. The distinction with the mass tort is that actually in a mass tort situation, every case is an individual lawsuit. And the way of ultimately a mass tort moves into this arena is there's a judiciary panel that monitors the cases that are filed in the federal court system. And if enough cases get filed around the country against a defendant in actions that look to be very similar around a particular product uh, or medical device, et cetera, then this panel will certify it as what's called a multi-district litigation. And all that litigation, they gets uh, controlled and managed by one federal judge, uh, at least for, for an interim time period. So that's what constitutes a mass tort. It's everybody's been wronged potentially by the same defendant or defendants, but every case is unique in terms of if you've been injured, there may be a different uh, degree of injury that you've received as opposed to somebody else. Okay. And then what inspired you to start the Mass Tort Institute? So, so my saga in the Mass Tort world, I've been at this for a little over 10 years now and frankly been successful through, through my career in the different things I've done. And I really felt that, and I don't think it's just the aging process, but I think I really felt that this was the hardest vertical that I've ever tried to be in and, and uh, be successful at. And so it's been, uh, frankly, a difficult journey. It's been a fun, rewarding journey, but uh, there've been a lot of pieces to it. And, you know, I kind of, the, the analogy I give to the mass tort world is it's, it's very similar to making a movie. And what I mean by that is on the plaintiff side of the bar, you've got a lot of independent attorneys who basically have to come together and collaborate around, you know, finding the information and going out and, and frankly, trying to uh, go after and prosecute a defendant for the wrongdoing. So it really does take a cottage village <laughs> to be successful. Plus, there's an analogy to real estate development in that a mass tort can run anywhere from a minimum of two to three years to as many as 10 years. We've still got some mass torts that have been uh, in existence for over a decade, and there's, there's still cases that are being resolved with respect to those torts. Another one, uh, take tobacco or asbestos and mesothelioma. Those have been around for 30 years, and there's still mesothelioma asbestos cases that are getting resolved um, as we speak. So it's a, it's, it's a long ball game, uh, and it, it takes a lot of knowledge and, and a lot of interaction with other people to be successful. What are, obviously we don't wanna share all of the secrets. We want people to go get the book. What are just a couple tease us a little bit with some of the mass tort secrets that you've never shared before? So great question. And to answer the first part of the question you asked that I didn't really complete was I wrote the book because I felt I wanted to share the information with others to help them maybe not get a few arrows in the back if they decide to venture into this in this arena. And so basically there's three, three key things to put in layperson terms, three key things you need to do to be successful uh, as a mass tort attorney or as an investor in this space. One, select the best torts. Two, make sure you've got good compensable cases. And three, have an exit strategy. So specifically, I guess the ones I would really pick out if you were going to be a mass tort practicing attorney is 
you really do need to hire. If you're not a numbers expert, you really need to hire one and make sure because you need to go do forecasting and economic modeling over a three, four, six, seven year time period. And if you're not the numbers person, you need somebody who will do that. Uh, second one I would mention would be to just absolutely make sure you're working with the best vendors in the marketplace. There are a lot of vendors that will come in and tell you they're going to do a lot of really great things for you, but it's, it's somewhat caveat emptor. So you really need to be careful in the selection. And I guess the last secret is that really carefully select co-counsel. You can't do this by yourself. Uh, as an aside, uh, we invested $5 million in, in a tort and worked all our cases up. And then I reached out to the defendants and they wouldn't even take my phone call. So I had to go find somebody who had a relationship and had negotiated with them previously in order to actually go successfully re resolve that litigation. So if you, know, if you think you're going to come in with you know half a million, million dollars and come be a big dog in this arena, frankly, you're not. You really need to go team up with the best leadership firms to be successful. That makes a lot of sense. You mentioned challenges along the way. With all the success you've achieved, what's your biggest challenge now? Uh, like everybody else, uh, enough hours in the day. Um, you know, the cool thing is we have, we have so much opportunity. Um, you know, the pandemic has been horrific for society, but the mass tort world actually had its most successful year last year. There were huge uh, lawsuits that, that were resolved, huge, uh, uh, you know, mass torts that uh, resolved, some of them not completely, but uh, anyway, people had banner years last year. And uh, so it's just a matter of uh, taking those successes and then building off of them. You know, creating the Mass Tort Institute really, frankly, has given me a lot more visibility. I spent my whole lifetime just kind of being over in the wings in the background. I've never been a front and center kind of guy. Uh, but I think I decided since this is probably my swan song, I'm going to go ahead and get out there and try to share what I've learned with other people. My, my aunt uh, is my mentor in life, and she, she ended up um, becoming the superintendent of the Houston Independent School District. And she ended up running a $1.6 billion enterprise, 35,000 employees. And uh, early in my life, I didn't realize that she was my mentor in life, but I now absolutely know she is. But, but the point of my story is, she always taught me that education is a great equalizer. And so, and I fervently believe that. And so I felt I really wanted to put something in place to go help people continue to be well-educated, better educated, help themselves and, and help go do other things for other people. What do your passions obvious? Um, what do you like best about what you're doing now? Just getting up every morning and dealing with really smart people and figuring out how to go make a difference. Uh, I've got some, some great, we've got, we, we're launching three new businesses as, as we speak. So uh, all, all around this vertical, but we continue to focus on best practices and technology. It's really interesting, lawyers as, and I'll even include the AM100 law firms, lawyers don't take the percentages of their budgets and invested in technology to the extent that other major corporations do. And there are some large, large enterprises in the, in the legal space um, but you know, you if you go look at uh, you know Apple, Google, et cetera, and you look at their their R and D budgets, you know it'll be anywhere from eight to fifteen percent 
<laughs> of their revenues. If you look at a, at a law firm's uh, uh, income statement, you'll see one to 2%. And so I'm a real advocate of technology. And frankly, we're, our industry is eight to 10 years behind in technology. So that's a big passion I have. I really want to make sure we, we, we start shortening that, that cycle. That makes a lot of sense for our folks who are watching or listening and want to learn more. Where is the best place for them to go to get the book? And where is the best place for them to go to learn more about you? So the book, uh, the name of the book is Mass Tort Secrets. They actually can go get it at Amazon if they want to put my name in as the search. It's an unusual spelling because it's D-U-N-K-E-N. So they could just Google Terry Duncan at Amazon or Mass Tort Secrets and grab the book. Uh, they can come to uh, our website at www.masstortinstitute.com. Uh, and we've, I'm also on LinkedIn, Mass Tort Institute. And um, Twitter is uh, Mass Tort Inst, I-N-S-T only. So, All right. Well, we know your time is incredibly valuable. We greatly appreciate you spending some of it with us. This has been Seth Green for Sharkpreneur with Terry Duncan of Mass Tort Secrets and the Mass Tort Institute. Terry, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Seth. Have a great day. You too. Thanks everybody for watching or listening. We'll talk to you or see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Whiny Palooza podcast. If you like what you heard, please be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. While you are there, leave a review. I love to hear your feedback. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.